Welcome, welcome everybody to B Ministries Just Talk. Um, today, with the passing of Veterans Day on November the 11th, we just kind of wanted to sit down and talk about um, veterans' experiences, their transition out, um, what made them want to join the military, and what they're doing now, what it looks like for them day to day, mentally, physically, what that life looks like. So, Today I have my friend, my sister, Marcia Trejo. Um, if you can just give us a little bit, um, just a little, a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, hey everyone, how's it going out there? I am so excited today. Um, I'm so excited and humbled that my sister asked me to join her on this journey today. Um, a little bit about myself. So my name is Marcia Trejo. I am a mental health counselor, um, mother of two wonderful children, um, and just a big advocate when it comes to mental health and the well-being of others, um, especially surrounding um, veterans. So again, I am just really, really excited. And I just, I can't wait to just talk. I'm, I'm excited. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So um, my, me, myself, I joined the Navy. Um, in all honesty, um, my senior year of high school, I just was living a little just bebopping through, especially the second semester. Like I applied to colleges, you know, I took the SATs, applied to colleges, got some acceptance letters, got a couple of little um, scholarships, but I did not have like a sense of purpose. It seemed like some people were like, I'm gonna be a teacher. I know I'm gonna be a teacher. Some people were like, I'm about to go to this. You know, they had, it seems like they had a little inkling of what they should be doing. I, did, I had nothing. Like, I was just like, whatever, you know, I don't care. Got my little, just by care, just living through life, just like bebopping around, like whatever, not knowing that those days were winding, winding down. So uh, one of my friends, um, her name is Natasha Pratt. Well, her, she's married now, so her name is Natasha Smith. Um, she came to me one day and was like, hey, the recruiter, the Navy recruiter's coming to talk to me. Um, do you want to go with me? And I'm like, yeah, I bet. So we get down to the recruiter. They came to the library and um, the recruiters talking to us and they were like, you guys can join the buddy system. You guys can stay together throughout your career. We just like, yeah, we get to be together, you know, whatever. So um, I ended up taking ASVAB, going to MEPS um, and swearing in like within a week. And that was my entrance into um, the Navy. Now I shipped off maybe a couple of months after high school ended, just waiting for the job. But that's kind of how it happened fast. Um, I think some of my family didn't really believe I was going to go there, like going to the Navy. Can you even swim? And I'm like, yeah, like, y'all don't even know me. Like I could swim. But <laughs> so anyway, ended up getting shipped off. And that was that only to find out maybe after boot camp that they don't, that buddy system doesn't necessarily work like that. Like you don't really get to stay together. Depends on if you guys pick the same job. Um, you might get to stay together at your first command, but after that, you know, you guys are going to be split up. So it was a little, <laughs> little false. But anyway, that was the intro to me just why, you know, why I joined and how I joined, which was just, um, I believe God puts people in your life for a particular reason. I really believe mm -hmm. like um, Tasha was there at that particular time to get me to catapult me into that career path. So what about you? Like you were in the army. So how did you come to that decision? Oh my God. So 
Um, originally, of course, I wanted to go to college. I'm from a very small town, um, a little town called Dale, right side, right outside of Beaufort, South Carolina. And so originally I applied to colleges. Um, I remember applying to VCU, um, Virginia Com Commonwealth um, University. And so I applied, applied there and I got accepted. So I was like, you know, I was hyped. I was hyped. I got accepted into college. I'm about to leave. All right. And so I remember this day so vividly, just kind of like being inside of the kitchen with my mother and my grandmother. And we started like going through the letter and I'm reading it and we're reading and it's talking about the acceptance. And then towards the bottom what you have you have like the cost right and then they're looking at me like where are you getting this money from and I'm looking at them like where are we gonna get this money from and so at that time I was not and my parents definitely were not um, educated and when I refer to my parents I do mean my mother and my grandmother because I was raised by both of them um and so we were not educated on student loans and grants or any of that. So it was kind of like that first, um, that first denial, because even though I got accepted, I felt like it was a denial because we could not afford it. Right. And so it was kind of like, all right, Marcia, what's the next plan? What's the next step? Because you can't afford to go to this school. Um, and so I remember just like you stated, like going down to the recruiter's um, office and trying to figure out which service I would go into. And so I took the ASVAB and I scored just enough to get into the <laughs> army. So I was like, you know what? That's what it is. I'm going into the army because I have to leave, right? Like I gotta get out of this town. Um, I can't stay here. I can't continue to do the same things that I was doing um, as a youngin. And so that was the key. Like that was definitely the key. Um, right after graduation, I'm gone. And you know, I, I was amped about it. My family was excited for me. Um, and so, yeah, so that's how I kind of like made that decision. It wasn't that first go-to or anything like that. It was just, it came because of what I thought at the time was a denial. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, so we go to boot camp, then we all go to, I think you guys call it AIT. We just call our, mm -hmm. go to your, your technical training school or whatever. And then you get to what is called like your first command or whatever and for mm -hmm. me um so I only served five years for me I think the biggest takeaway that I have is that I had no plan so that stems from high school to just the decision just be bopping through life young mm -hmm. I mean I was taking my so when I was in Chicago I think I made 515 dollars every first and 15 <laughs> and I would take that money and I would go to the mall and um get some new shoes give me a couple of outfits because mm -hmm. like you said mm -hmm. I had no plan like I didn't have any bill I had my cell phone it's the only bill I had I would take it I would go spend my money and then I would come back and I would be at the base club and I think I was only 19 at the time so I couldn't drink or none of that but I was at that base club pier 525 every Friday <laughs> I was up in there with my new outfit on <laughs> No money in the bank. Now I done spent all my money mm -hmm. up. About $30 last me for the next two weeks. But so did that. Ended up getting stationed in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Same thing Hawaii until um, I ended up pregnant. Now, like for the Navy, I think for any military branch, when you have a young person and they end up, uh, they end up pregnant at their first command, everybody's side on you. So um, just that shame, I guess, and that... Um, 
feeling like you failed, I think that was a big wake up call for me um, mm-hmm. to kind of at least get my, my life together career wise. Like I still don't think um, personally I had everything together, mentally I had everything together, but career wise, I wanted to do better. I wanted to prove to those people that, you know, kind of were looking at me with a side eye, like, oh, this young girl just came in here partying, just mm-hmm. uh, living care- carelessly, which I was. Um, but I just wanted to prove them wrong. So I really started like, all right, I got to get this. I got to start ranking up. I got to start, um, living my life correctly. I kind of, you know, daughter to think about now, that's not to say that I was fully there. There was still Mm -hmm. some of my childish ways, um, that I was still dealing with. So, um, but yeah, that was my big, biggest wake up call. So during your time in the army, like what, um, was your mindset what were you were you still focused on college or what were you um doing at that time well Tanisha that's where things for me kind of like take a turn um and when I say a turn like a a more so drastic term and so before I go into that part I just want to highlight like two words um that you said which is going to help you understand this turn you know as far as for me. And so the first word or the first phrase um, you stated, you were like, um, I only did, or I just did five years. Okay. Hold that thought. And then the second term is, um, or the word you use the word like shame, you use the word shame. Okay. So for me, and as far as like my experience, um, uh, when I went in, I joined, um, I sworn in, And just like I said, I was very excited. And so for me, I felt like this was going to be the beginning of something new. This was going to be a new career. Like so many of us, that's the mindset that we go in. We don't think about anything else. We we just think about joining, serving our country and doing what we have to do, correct? And so for me, my experience was short-lived very, very short lived. And so this, this is why I would definitely say like, I'm humbled to be doing this with you because this is my first time sharing my story on this type of platform for a lot of people to like hear about. And the only person, the only people who know my story, that's my close family members. You and I have been friends and you don't even know. Um, and so, um, and so my experience, so here, here goes, um, I'm, in, I'm at basic training. I'm at basic training and, you know, I'm doing what I have to do and I'm trying to push along. It wasn't easy. No, it wasn't easy. Um, especially for me, a person who was not active. I did do like some dancing in school. I did African dance, but that's about it. I was never active. And so the last week, right before graduation, um, I'm running and I'm doing a PT test. And I'm doing my last PT test before graduation and I'm running and I'm running. And that was never a strong point for me. But, you know, of course, we got to get this done if we want to graduate and move on to AIT and all of that. And so I'm running, but I catch a sharp pain and I catch this sharp pain in my battle buddy. She's like, Trejo, don't slow down. Let's go. Come on, Trejo, let's go. And I'm like, I can't. I got a pain and she's like yelling and she's like, no, Trejo, come on, let's go. And so of course I try and I try and I try to continue. And so I try so hard until the next thing I know I'm on the ground. Mm. And so now I'm on the ground 
and this sharp pain just won't go away. And so now I don't just have my battle buddy yelling at me. I got the drill sergeants all in my face, all in my air. And th there's just this yelling and this screaming of getting up, get up, Trejo, get up off this ground. And I'm like, I can't, I can't get up. I can't get up. And so the screaming turns into pulling. And now the drill sergeants are pulling me off of the field because I won't move out of the way. And so now I'm being pulled and I'm in this pain and I'm being pulled and I'm in this pain. And so now I'm pulled to the side and I can't even, I can't even describe the pain. I definitely uh, won't, wouldn't wish the pain on anyone. The only thing I can say is, you know how jello is like flubbery and just that's how my leg felt and I'm saying leg because at the time I didn't know what else it was yeah. and so now I'm dragged into this chair um and it's not a wheelchair it's just a chair that can roll and then I have all of these people like yelling at me and then I hear like the drill sergeant make a stance of like this is not good and like walk away and that was the last thing I like I could basically remember so when it comes to my experience like I didn't have I didn't have a, an experience yes. and so okay I did have an experience but it was a traumatic experience mm -hmm. does that make mm -hmm. sense yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so mm -hmm. and, and so um from there on out the next thing I do remember I remember so I did my basic training at Fort Jackson um, Columbia, South Carolina. The next thing I remember, I was in Georgia. Um, and oh, I can't, is that, I, I, I can't remember at, at this mo moment, but I was at another hospital. And so the next thing I remember, I remember waking up. And when I woke up, I'm in this hospital bed and I have like all of this stuff hooked up to me, all of this stuff hooked up to my legs and my mother's on the side of me. And so now in my mind, I'm wondering like, how the heck did I get from a field doing a PT test to my mama being on side of me? Like what, you know, what happened? And so- the doctors came into the room and they explained, they said, you know, Trejo, you ended up um, breaking your hip. You ended up breaking your femur bone, your femur bone in half while you were running. Um, we had to do, mm -hmm, we had to do emergency surgery. And so now you, you know, your hip is being held together by three screws. I'm 19. I have three screws in my hip. And so eventually you're going to go through rehabilitation and you're going to learn how to walk again and, you know, all of this. And it, the only thing I can think of, okay, that's fine and dandy, but I graduate next week. Right, right. And so, of course, yeah, you know, like I graduate next week. Like I hear what y'all saying. I can't even feel the pain no more because I got all this meds in me and, and all of that. Um, and so that was the only thing I could like think about at that time was like, okay, am I still going to graduate? Like, am I still going to finish out this career? Like, will I, will I be able to do this? Um, so yeah, so that, that's how my experience went and we can definitely dig into it a little bit more. That, so that is the, your first time, uh, well, me hearing that and that's, um, so crazy, but I think a lot of people feel that same feeling, you know, we say, instead of saying I did five years, which I need to mm -hmm. change my, my speech, yes. my language to say that. Um, and then 
I joined just vicariously. You joined and you were excited about it. You know, so those, you know, months that you spend, that counts too. And and I, I know it's hard for people to understand, especially when you are, and this is probably the reason why it's hard is because we compare ourselves to others. Like, oh, oh they're yeah. tired, they're getting that pension. And here I am, just did my little five years and they don't even recognize. I might get a free meal on Veterans Day, but that's <laughs> it. You know, I can't go to the commissary. You know, they give you your form, you keep it moving. And so um, I know that was super traumatic, especially, you know, during that time, especially I, so I came in in 05 and I'm assuming you're the same. Um, nope, I went in in 03, right 03. after graduation. Okay. Yep. So, you know, the we call ours RDCs, but I know those drill strokes, they weren't no joke. Like they, they was not, I think what I hear now is it's a little bit more, I don't want to say friendlier, but more mm-hmm. conscious of the recruits that are coming in. But we still had some of the old school ones and they wasn't, they wasn't playing no games. Um, so I hate that during that time the one thing that you remember is that they were yelling like y'all mm-hmm. didn't even see if I was okay like y'all thinking I'm down here faking which you know um maybe somebody did before maybe that's why you you acted like that but you know what was the the protocol and then put to pull you off mm-hmm. the uh field was who's to say that that didn't you know cause any uh uh further uh injury so. mm-hmm. child is so, um, so you've been out for a while. So have I, I think now I've been out longer than I've been in. Um, mm-hmm. and the, <laughs> I know at the end of my little five years, I, um, kind of was like, you know, I had a daughter, she was three at the time, I believe. Um, I was going on deployment. I was on the ship out of Norfolk and I was going on, um, deployment and I was like, you know what? Um, and I was dating this guy at the time. This, this, I know this is right here is just, ugh. I was dating this guy at the time. And I'm like, both of us, so we were having a long distance relationship and it was kind of, it was going good at first. And then of course it starts kind of falling off. I think he was kind of like listening to everybody like what goes on on the ship. And I'm trying to just trying to appease him, keep the peace. Like, okay, just let me get out and then we can be together. Like one of us Obviously, one of us has to get out, and since my time is up, not get out. Now, mind you, I'm higher ranking than him. You know, I'm, that means I'm making more money than him. <laughs> but in my mind, not consulting God because I am, you know, I am believing, not consulting God. I, mm-hmm. That's the that's the plan that I had in my head, and I stuck with mm-hmm. it. Um, and I ended up getting out, and I never got married. <laughs> I never went. We we never. Um, reunited so to say so basically mm-hmm. I made my decision based off somebody else um and getting out um I think I did like a like the DD214 tour like I was going to see my mom and of course I was on deployment so I had some money saved up so um my sister got married so I went to Savannah um went to see my mom you know went around to see all my friends for like, I'm gonna say a good month because I was on terminal leave. So for a good month, I was just, you know, just ah, back, still the same mindset as the girl mm-hmm. that joined the Navy, which is so funny to me. But after I think my official day, which I think was April the 5th, 2010, I was like, oh snap, I got to, I got to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, now they do do like a transition assistance class for the Navy, but it was so crazy that I went and they were like, um, 
you go in there and they do these, you know, it's a week long and they give you all this talks, you know, as far as disability, they said don't apply because you ain't gonna get it. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm like, we gonna talk about that. We gonna talk about that. We have to, we have to. So I'm like, okay, but in my mind, I'm like, ain't nothing wrong with me anyway. So, you know, whatever. And then they were like, okay, come dressed in press on Thursday. So they do this, like this little um, mock, I don't wanna say interview because they didn't really interview you. but they had all these people. I remember they had all these people come in, like people from the hospital, people from all these different companies. And they were like, don't worry about it. You know, take our cars. We're going to give you a job. And so it kind of like, okay, hype you up. Like, okay, I don't have to worry about it because these people see me. They already know. Um, they know who they know. So I'm like, okay. And they're like, you're IT. You got a clearance. So bet. Like, you're going to be easy. You're going to be easy. So I'm like, okay. So Fast forward, that ends and I get out and I'm at home and I said, okay, let me go ahead and start preparing myself mm-hmm. uh, to get out there and get a job. So I um, ended up emailing one of the contacts from that class and told him what my name was, you know, whatever and my credentials. And I get an email back saying, oh, hey, well, <laughs> I have a book out. So I want you to buy my book. <laughs> read it and after you read it then then email me back and and then we can start talking about job and I'm like that just don't sound right like I'm willing to support people that's not a problem but that's like it so I think at that point I was like oh this I'm pretty much on my own it's gonna be mm-hmm. not got to do this like I done made a decision based on somebody and I shouldn't have so mm-hmm. first and foremost forgive me for that mm-hmm. um and after that you're gonna have to do this so um I did end up getting a job within a month, but when I say they lowballed me, because I did not know my worth, I did not know of course. Um, what the going market was for my job. There was no research. So um, I say that, but I think one of the biggest takeaways from just being a veteran or being in the services, that planning, um, that planning, having a plan put together for when you do, like, this is what I'm going to do. And unfortunately I did have so fortunately I did have a little bit of money like to this day I don't know where that money is like I don't know (laughs) I did have some a little bit of something saved up but I still didn't have a plan and thank god I was able to get a job but like I said they lowballed me like there was you later find out there's people making uh two times what you were making doing the same job and I'm like dang they was happy to have me like I was a contractor they was happy to get me in there and pay me that little bit and I was doing all the work so um that part of my life I just I remember like I'm like man Lord like what in the world did I do like did I make the wrong decision and Mm -hmm. um and getting out like what's gonna happen now like now I'm back at home um in North Carolina which wasn't so I'm from a small town also and it's not tech friendly like there's no job there you have to go you know an hour 45 minutes away to get to um a decent paying job so there really wasn't any opportunity from where I'm from with the job credentials Mm -hmm. that I had and for me that lack of planning I didn't even think about that I was just like I'm going home I'm about to bounce back to you know make this relationship work and everything Mm -hmm. is going to be golden and it didn't work out like that so uh (laughs) what about you so you get hurt um and now you're probably in are you trying to figure out if you're graduating or not so Take mm-hmm. 
Oh, okay. So trying to figure out, that was just me trying to figure out. They already had it all, all mapped out. Um, and so, you know, just kind of like fast forward, um, they ended up, of course, I mean, I went through the whole med boarding process. That was a nightmare all in itself because it's kind of like, um, that word shame comes in into play. Like everybody knows, like all that group of people, they're a part of med hole, you know? So, so it's, it's kind of like, am I even a soldier anymore? Like all of those questions. And that's where the root of all of the shame, I could say it started, it started there. Like this little hole was starting to be digged at that point. And so I went through the whole med boarding process. I was in med hole for months. Um, it ended up coming to a full term, like a year. So about a year or so. And that included much of me being in med hole and of course still working and, and doing all of this stuff, but you know, at, at such a, a lower, lower level, um, it took so much from me. And so of course, you know, graduation goes by and then I, I I'm at the point I find out that I am. I'm being medically um, discharged, honorable, honorable medical discharge um, out of the military. And then so now this whole, how do I put it? I think I turn into a different person yeah. because that enthusiasm, like that's gone, right? Like yeah. that enthusiasm is gone out of the door because- yeah. This, this career, this, this life that I thought I was going to have, like it, it got cut off just like that. And so the full purpose of me joining the military was because I couldn't afford school. So what the heck, like, what do I do now? What do I do now? And so I do remember because of, because I was so young and I didn't understand anything as far as like getting out of the military. I do remember a first sergeant being in the room um, with my mother and I and a social worker. A social worker was working close with um, my family and I because of the process. And I do remember when I was still in the hospital, that first sergeant coming in and kind of like saying to me, like, you make sure whatever you do, like you make sure you leave out of the service with a service connection disability. And at that time, of course, I'm like, oh, what? a who disability I am 19 I am not disabled what are you talking about like what what is going on that here word and so, of course, yeah yeah that word that you know that term is just kind of at, at such a young age like it's something that you definitely don't want to think about um and of course later on it was explained to me I became educated on it and so yes I did ended up leaving the service with a service connection disability and you know thankfully I'm so thankful that God did place that first sergeant there to give me that information because now that's going to be the setup for the rest of my life but little did I know at that time um and and so 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 for me it was just kind of like what do I do next yeah. And Tanisha, when I tell you um, depression, when I tell you anxiety, when I tell you like just feeling so low and down out, for one, I did go back home to that small town. I did move back in with my grandmother and my mom. And so I did have to you know, look at all of the people who I went through training with, graduating, go on to AIT and go on to have careers 
careers and, you know, have successful careers in the military. I did have to look at that. I did have to, on Veterans Day, you know, watch people post things and post little memes like, oh, you were only in boot camp. You're not a veteran. Like I had to watch it and look at that type of stuff. And so I had to go through that denial. I had to go through that shame. I had to go through all of that. And did I go through? Oh my God. Yes, I did. Like depression sunk in, um, all sorts of, you know, just all sorts of things crept in that were definitely, um, not good. And so I think like now, and, and I guess we'll get to that part, but now this is why I am such a big advocate for mental health, why I am such a big advocate for veterans and not just um, veterans, but in particularly younger veterans, yeah. um, because yeah. I do know what that shame feels like. I do know what it feels like to be in a sense of depression because you felt like you didn't do anything. But when lo and behold, like you were a part of that one percenter. And so, you know, like we call that, um, that one percenter, like it's about one percent of the population who go to even join the military. Um, And so you were a part of that one percenter. So while you have all of these people who are looking down on you, can they say that they went to the recruiter office and they signed up and they got sworn in and can they say that they did those things? And so was that my plan? for my hip to be broken at the age of 19 and can't hardly wear heels and walking with a limp was that my like no that wasn't my plan so am I not considered a veteran and so you know it's just it's 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 a whole a, a whole lot of stuff definitely um definitely crept in but um I will say because I was service connected um, and then I did kind of like go through the ropes of getting things done. I did have my education benefits. And so after that, I did go on to school. Like I did go on to school and we'll get back to that part whenever you <laughs> ask a different question. But just know, yes, that next step for me, it was school, but that's a whole nother. <laughs> oh yeah. So one thing I want to uh, double back to is that that going home and that shame like what is that about like when people see they're like oh she she bad but you still here too so like what what what's going okay. on I don't know <laughs> I don't know what that is but just dealing with that like okay I don't even want to go to Walmart because people gonna see me well I thought you was in the Marines they don't even know what brand <laughs> of service I was in you know you don't even really you don't really care you just know I left <laughs> and I'm back but that in itself is just it's nerve-wracking it causes anxiety people looking at and I think it's something that I had to learn to um be okay with so I know so listening to just what I said I know that um me getting out wasn't necessarily God's will at that time now I've since aligned myself back with God I think he's awesome he he done gave me back you know everything I was supposed to have plus more but there were years that I had to like you were saying you looking at people getting promoted knowing it should have been mind you I was a um, when I got out as an E5 I was already up for E6 like in my mind you couldn't tell me I wasn't gonna make it so my goal was to be um I wanted to be a chief which is E7 and then go warrant officer that's what I was gonna Mm -hmm. do um but just you know different things caused me not to do that but just being okay with being out being affiliated with the you know military having a 
you know, tell your stories all the time or whatever. And I think mm -hmm. I'm at a point in my life, like, you know, that I'm like, okay, I don't have to work for the military anymore. Like there's, it's so much more out there. This was just the knowing that that was just a stepping stone that is going to, you know, push me to where I need to be at. Um, I think that's the part that I had to be like, okay, that was just a piece of my life. Not all of it. Um, mm -hmm. You might have not made the right decisions, but you use that as your stepping stone. And now moving mm -hmm. forward, you, make the, you know, you make your right decisions or you make the decision that's going to be best for that time in your life. So, and like I said, it turned out to be good. I mean, I got to where I didn't spend a lot of time with my daughter. She was with my mom and my, um, my dad and my brothers, you know, kind of from the age of one, two, three or four, you know, we ended up being able to kind of reconnect and get that, you know, mother daughter bond back where we didn't have, like when I first came back, I, you know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to discipline her any other kind of way. So I'm like, I ain't even been here. Like, so we were able to get that. Now I can't, you know, I can't get rid of her. She all in my face. She always in my face. So, you know, it was, it was benefits that came, you know, to it. But um, like you said, that, that shame of just being back at home and everybody like, oh, you back at home, make you not even want to go back home. And I think it's so much that I have to offer now that I can pour back into those. So, um, so that's one point. And then the other point is that like that ram in the bush or the people that got placed at the right time, like, mm -hmm. like, um, and my first job that I was getting low balled, it was a lady, her name was Jackie she like she taught me everything so I consider her like my mentor for like taught me everything she was like I'm gonna teach you everything you're supposed to know at this job and mm -hmm. I don't want you here no more than a year I was going in three months making double because of what she poured into me and then um when I was in Japan I remember um the apple whites like okay whenever you do this you make sure that you um don't you don't basically want to be in a position where people are not telling you you got to work until this age. You want to mm -hmm. tell them I'm, I'm leaving right now. And so mm -hmm. he always seems like he always, after you align, you can, you know, your vision is clear and you can hear, he always puts somebody there that's, um, that ram in the bush and that's helping you during that difficult time. Like you said, depression, which is, yeah. you know, rampant among veterans, depression, mm -hmm. anxiety, even for people like us who serve a little bit of time and might not, for some people viewing us, don't, they consider us not having that much impact in the military. Yeah. Those little um, things that happen to us do cause anxiety, do cause depression, plus the it societal does. pressures that we have to deal with, then being a black woman, and then, you know, just all those things put together in one part. Yeah, like it's, it's crazy. So I'm glad that you spoke on that. Um, so I guess fast forward to now, you know, you are counseling veterans. And I feel like he put those rams in the bush and now we are the rams in the bush going back. And, and I think that's what this um, particular conversation is about today, just being able to help those mm -hmm. um, who may be in that, you know, I'm in my, you know, I'm in, uh, at the end of my career, but um, I don't know what I'm doing next. Um, or I am um, considering, I'm, I'm going through med, uh, med board right now. Mm -hmm. which I know some people right now who's going through midboard and they're like, okay, snap. And it's funny because, <laughs> you know, um, the NBA draft just happened. And, mm -hmm. and so I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know sports. sports. The NBA draft was happening. I was like, man, it's so crazy because, you know, in sports, they're like, you know, they got to make sure that they're planning and they're putting away because if they don't, they get hurt, their whole career is gone. And then you hear the stories of them, you know, losing everything because they didn't have no money or bad investments. 
And I think the biggest thing we have to pour back into them is just to have that. Okay, what is your goal? Like I had a friend in the Navy, like he said, I'm here to get my college benefits and I'm getting out. Like he knew Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he did that. Like he didn't stay. He said, my goal is to do this and I'm getting, um, just having those goals and meeting those wickets, I think um, it's beneficial. Like I had people telling me like, you know, if every time you rank up, save that money, don't go mm-hmm. and spend it. I didn't do that. <laughs> of course I didn't. <laughs> but you know, no. I knew people that were, were doing that and they were, they were up to the millions of dollars. Like, okay, when I retire, I'm going to have, you know, this money plus my pension. Mm-hmm. And so there's, um, there's just so many goals that could be set, but yeah. So I just really think that that's, you know, the purpose of this today is to be um, those advocates, those rams in the bush for those that are just uncertain on where their career, what should I be doing now? Starting today, what should I do now? So mm-hmm. um, fast forward into your career now, what is a day in, day out of counseling, especially oh at the VA hospital? Oh my God. So I can definitely say, and just like you said, fast forward, like we fast forward a whole lot of stuff. We fast forward years of depression and just, I'll give you this, this little um, sneak peek. I started, so because I did have my education benefits, I was able to go to school. Thank God. Right. And so I went to school um, back in my hometown, a two-year college, two years, two years, that two-year college took me four years. And that's because of the depression and just going through and still not. And so that took me four years. So it took me four years to complete a two-year degree. Um, And then after that, I had so many credits because it took me so long. Um, I went went ahead. (laughs) I went ahead and I got my bachelor's degree. And so I got my bachelor's degree in um, social psychology and I knew that I wanted to stay connected. So that that was the thing for me. Like I knew I wanted to stay connected to the military because I just felt like I hadn't done anything. Mm -hmm. So I have to stay connected, but how? How do I stay connected? And then I thought back to that social worker, that social worker who was working with me. And I was just like, I wanna do something like that. I wanna help people. And so um, that's when I started this journey on just wanting to be an advocate and wanting to help. And so I did start off in the social, you know, like in the social field. Um, and so got my bachelor's degree. And then after my bachelor's degree, I went on and I got my master's in mental health counseling. And so now here goes this girl from the small town who could not afford college. Yeah. And then now has her master's in mental health counseling. And so this was all through my benefits from yeah. being a veteran. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and for serving and for getting, you know, injured and, and all of that, we can go down the list, right? And so I have my master's in mental health counseling. And so I just, I took off and I was like, okay, I want to stay connected. So how do I stay connected? I remember getting my first job, um, this um, female who um, I called my sister, she ended up helping me get my first social service job at a veterans nursing home. And after that experience, it was kind of like the light bulb went on. Like, I want to help 
people who have served. Like I want to be able to pour into people who have served. And so I started working with the geriatric population of veterans. And then from there, Tanisha, like when I say, when I say God work, um, God works. And when I say he works in mysterious ways, he works in mysterious ways. And when I say he has a plan, oh my God, he has a plan. He has, he has a plan. And so I went from working to that um, veterans nursing home. And then by this time, you know, I have my, my daughter, my young daughter, and then now we leave and we, we, we dip out and we're off to Philadelphia. And so now I'm at a VA hospital in Philadelphia and I start working in research. So now I'm working in research with veterans and their families. Um, and then after that, another position comes up in Connecticut. I am from Beaufort, South Carolina. And so from Beaufort, South Carolina to, you know, Philadelphia, a big city. Um, And then from Philadelphia, I went to Connecticut. And so I went to the Connecticut VA um, and I spent a lot of years at that VA doing research again and not just doing research. Now I'm doing research with the National Center for Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder. Mm. So now I'm working in research with the National Center for PTSD. And so now I'm getting my names put on journal articles and that there are about four articles that my name, Marcia Trejo, is attached to. Um, and so then after that, I go on to work with the homeless population. When I say the humblest position, oh my God, you know, but still veterans, I'm still working with veterans. I'm still working with veterans. And now I'm working with the homeless population. And so all of this little cutesy stuff right here that you see, no, my hair is pulled back. I have on regular clothes and I'm going in the woods. I'm going to tent city. I'm going, you know, under bridges, you know, I'm in the homeless shelters. I'm outreaching. I'm, I'm working it. I'm working it. And so, but again, pouring life, pouring life and just, you know, being an advocate and all of that. And so now I move from the homeless population and now I'm on, I'm working with a very challenging population with, with the homeless population. It's challenging also because you do deal with individuals who have severe and persistent mental illnesses. So those are your mental illnesses like schizophrenia um, or whatnot. And so now I move on and all of like, so me saying like moving on, this is all um, increase also. So this is increase in knowledge. This is increase in education. And of course it's increased monetarily, monetary, right? And so, um, now I'm working with the psychiatric population. So this is where, when I say, um, where I am right now, this population has touched me the most. And this is why I know that my story and my little bit of time in the service, it cannot go any further with being unheard. And so now I'm on a psych ward. I'm working on a closed unit day in, day out, right? And now I'm seeing the 19 year olds I'm seeing the 20 year olds. I'm seeing the 25, 30 year olds who are wanting to kill themselves because of their little time, because of feeling shame, because of feeling guilt, because of feeling like they did not 
serve because of feeling like they are not a veteran. And so we have this thing in mental health where we call, um, we call it self-disclosure. And so as a therapist, you are allowed to do self-disclosure. Um, the only time you're allowed to do self-disclosure is when you feel like it will be of a benefit to your patient, not to you, but to your patient. When you feel like this self-disclosure right is going to help you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. So, like, yeah. When you feel like, yeah, there we go. Because again, you know, like when we doing this walk with Christ, we ain't doing this for ourselves, you know, like we doing yeah. this for other people. Yeah. And so I remember um, so many instances, but this is just one particular one that stands out to me. I remember this young lady and she's balled up in the bed cover she won't speak to no one we go in as a team I'm I'm in there with doctors and you know all of that we go in as a team and she won't speak to no one and so I go back I go back by myself um and you know she inches the cover off a little bit and I'm checking in with her and she starts to break down and she starts to tell me like I feel like I didn't do anything like I went into the military and things didn't work out and I just feel X, Y, Z and I don't want to live anymore. And right then and there, self-disclosure. So right now I'm about to tell you exactly what happened. And so now I'm about to let her know how I went in. I went in with my own plan. Tanisha, I had my own plan. I had this thing mapped out. Like I can't go to college. So I'm about to join the military. I'm about to get out. I'm about to, you know, do it up, you know, party. Like that's all. I'm not going to lie. That's all I was thinking about. And so I went in, I went in with my own plan, but watch this. God had a totally different plan. So God said like, yeah, you gonna go in, but you're going to get hurt. I'm gonna have to put you down right quick. But see, me putting you down, that's just about to be the setup for the rest of your life. And yeah. you don't even know that yet. Yes. You don't even know that yet. So I'm sitting in this room and I'm telling this young lady, like, yes, I went in and it was short-lived. Yes, it was short-lived. But out of that, I was able to get my education. I was able to get all of these different benefits. I was able to get, uh, you know, my VA home loan and being a homeowner at the age of, what, 34. Like, I was able to do all of this stuff. And here I am sitting in front of you and letting you know that there is hope like there is life after come on absolutely there is life after this like you can do it like you have the resources you have the support as long as you utilize these things like you can do it and so that's where I am right now I am when I tell you like I'm so excited about what God has done and what he's about to do and I, I, I'm like, I look at it totally different now because I don't look at it with shame anymore. Because if it had not happened, I would, I wouldn't have been where I am right now. And this plan right here, this plan right here, when I tell you the opportunities and the, oh man, I couldn't even think. This was not my plan. I always say, look, I always say, think of the thing that you wanted the most. Think of that. Mm-hmm. And when that scripture says he'll do exceedingly abundantly above all abundantly? you ask or think, your think level is right here. He exceeds that. You think what you what you want is the most awesome thing, whatever. He it will exceed your most awesome thing. Yes. And I, I think that yes. 
that's awesome. And I, I'm so glad that you shared and I pray that this, you know, this really just freed you to, to just to live um, that life of freedom because um, this journey, you know, is, is, is worth it. Yeah. It's crazy being it a veteran, it was, um, and I'm one of the people like, I'm not going to go eat nothing for free. Like for mm-hmm. what, I'm going to go <laughs> eat some for free or whatever. But like you said, those little things that happened to us while we were in, it's going to serve purpose later on. We are able yeah. to, and able to um, give back to those. Like you said, there's young people, there's people joining at 17 years old who yeah. might have the same mindset that I had or who may get hurt like you did that mm-hmm. we might come mm-hmm. in contact with. They might cross our path and we have to be ready. We can't be living in fear or um, no. living in our past um, shame, which is a big one for me, living in shame. That you're keeping your story to yourself. That self-disclosure, that thing to preach right there. That self knowing oh, when to give the story to somebody. That right there, mm-hmm. uh, knowing mm-hmm. when to release. Like, let me give you this word real quick because you obviously need it. You know, you you are stuck in this place, but I know I can help bridge that gap, and that's so mm-hmm. important. Um, man, this was good. <laughs> this was good. I, I thank you. This was good. I, I thank you for this opportunity. I really believe God do everything for a reason. And mm-hmm. when he just said, Marcia, I said, got you, Lord. Now, I don't know how I'm going to ask her. Like, give me the words to ask her. Hey, you want to? You want to? And let's, let's be honest. Like, when you asked me, I was like, T, yeah, I don't think I can do this. And you 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 had this format. And I was like, I don't think I can do this. And and I'm saying I don't think I can do this because I'm like, I didn't even tell her the real deal. Like, you, you will be talking about stuff pertaining to the military. And I don't know if you notice, know I'll be like, mm-hmm, girl, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I never elaborate. And I can't. I yeah. can't elaborate. But you don't know how free this feels for me because mm-hmm. now I can have this open candid transparent conversation with yeah. my friend yeah you know, I know. like I can have yeah. now I know for sure um just leaving the military based on a person um I never mm-hmm. told anybody that like I will always say like oh it's just my time to get <laughs> it's just my time to get out you know my time was up the Lord and I would always say that and I had to ask God like Lord please forgive me for lying on your name I would be like, oh, I prayed about it. The Lord said I need to get out, you know, whatever. It barely had anything to do with me being a better mother. Um, it had everything to do with what I thought would fulfill me, which was being married and having a, um, which it just fed, feeds into your insecurities because I had a child and I was not married. I grew up in a church. You know, I wanted that shame to go away. So if I could make this relationship work, by leaving this career, then that's what I did. And mm-hmm, that's, that's a conversation that's going to come later on. But that is okay. what I was trying to do. Like, let me let me fix this shame instead of allowing the mm-hmm. Lord to, to work it through. I I fixed it for about six months. And then, and then that whatever I, my fix was did not work. And I really had to turn mm-hmm. to God and allow him to start pulling those things out of me and allowing me to forgive myself for making that decision and um, being able to celebrate others. When my friends post that they... Um, are promoted or they got these different accolades I wanted to genuinely be able to celebrate them and I think for a long time I was only probably 75 percent able to celebrate them but still had my own like dang man that could have been me or I would have been here I would have had this much time in if I would have just stayed in 
So um, I think it's definitely something that needed to be talked about. Um, I pray that what yeah. we discuss, it just hit, if, like I said, if it just hits one person, it'd be such a blessing because um, mm-hmm. I think, and this is not even the totality of everything. Let's not even talk about just no. feeling like um, just the disability part of it. Them saying like, you don't have no knowing mm-hmm. that, you know, oh, oh, my, yes. just, just knowing that now you might have things that are coming up. Now I'm 10 years out. You might have things that are coming out um, now that you didn't know about. It's not in your record. Yes. Um, yes. You're trying to say like, hey, mm-hmm. like this happened to me and they're looking at you like you a fraud or they mm-hmm. looking at you. I think mm-hmm. one lady was like, um, so what you, what are you saying is wrong with you? Like, what are you saying is wrong with you? And I'm like, well, maybe it's not nothing then. Let me get up out of this mm-hmm. office. Like, there but, we go. you know, you have that bully mentality, like you, because you're not, you're not missing a limb. You know, you, I wasn't boots on the ground um, fighting. I was on a ship, so it's different. You know, mm-hmm. because because of physically, I can't see anything wrong with you, then don't come in my office. And that, mm-hmm. um, I think that mentality causes a lot of, that's why you have all those patients because there's nothing yep. physically wrong with you. We just gonna separate you. You going back home to your hometown, not knowing what toll mentally that puts on you. Mm-hmm. Um, being able some people are like that's the military was a means to help their family now they can't help their family now they don't know mm-hmm. what so it's just so much in that There's that um that um i'm glad that we were able to do this one <laughs> okay so just ending our conversation we really want to put um the suicide prevention hotline um information out there so mm-hmm. um, if you can go ahead and give that to us yep yep so if any of you are you know struggling if you're you're struggling with anything when it comes to like your mental health and just feeling um, depressed or even having thoughts of wanting to kill yourself? Um, you can definitely call the suicide prevention hotline. The number is one eight hundred two seven three. 8255. And then for veterans, you would just press one. Um, so please make sure I would leave with, with saying, you know, please make sure you guys utilize your resources when it comes to your mental health. Like mental health is very, the same way you go to the doctor for a checkup, guys, the same way you go for, to get haircuts every week, please invest in your mental health because there are so many underlying issues that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. We have so much childhood trauma, military trauma, like there's so much that we deal with. And sometimes it's just not, it's just not enough for one person to kind of like, you know, harvest all of that on the inside. So please utilize um, your resources and seek help if you feel like you need help. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. And professionally, um, I'm not guaranteeing that I can get you a job, but definitely if you have resume um, issues and you just need a format, you need somebody to format it, or if you don't know what um, jobs you qualify for, if you're trying to figure out how your experience translates into the real world, what can I do? Or if you just need help with your passion, please email B Ministry, which is B E. M-I-N-I-S-T-R-E-E at gmail.com. I am willing to help you. Um, I I think I'm pretty good at resume writing. Um, I do get a lot you of um, 
I do get a lot of um, job referrals. So I'm willing to help you because, you know, like I said, nobody was really there to give me that format and help me. And that's what, you know, that's what we're here for, Ram in the Bush. So thank you, Marcia, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for I appreciate it. I got a lot of nuggets out of it and I hope that this helps somebody.